All right, well, welcome everyone to another follow-up podcast here uh, with Roseville Bible College. We are following up with uh, Sungbin Kim, who is currently from Elkhart County, uh, but has been all over the place. And he shared with Chapel in Chapel this morning. So if you uh, haven't listened to that yet, you can go back and kind of hear more of his talk. But we're just going to kind of get to know him a little bit more, kind of hear some of his journey. Um, but before we get going, Sungbin, do you want to just kind of give a little summary of kind of what you talked about this morning in case people haven't kind of heard the main talk? Yes. So nice meeting you here again. Yeah. What a privilege again. And I shared this morning about um, my brief experience and my own crude <laughs> and short assessment about Mennonite tradition. So three weaknesses and three strengths, something like that. Awesome. Yeah. And it was really good just to kind of hear a broad picture kind of lined out. I know it was, it was very interesting to hear. So encourage everyone to kind of go back and listen to that. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious about your journey of how you got to Elkhart County and kind of <laughs> you're in prison ministry now. So yep. kind of that journey too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess you were born in Korea. How did, how did you kind of get here? What was your life like growing up? Yeah. As I shared in my, um, chapel speech this morning, uh, I grew up in Presbyterian, and I was happy there. Uh, but uh, one of the critical points was my marriage. <laughs> and then before my marriage, I thought I was I a was good man. But after my marriage, I could think more deeper about my patriarchal orientation and some conflicts, ongoing conflicts with my wife as well. So I had to think, what's the problem like that? So that also encouraged me to think about exploring other theological traditions as well. And also I mentioned Se- Sewol Ferry Disaster, by which more than 200 students drowned, and the response of the government was very painful. So I mm. could rethink about relationship between state and church. That initiated my journey from Presbyterian to Mennonite field. Gotcha. Very mm. cool. Mm-hmm. And did that happen when you were in college more, or what kind of...? You know, long after my college okay. time. So about about even 10 years after my graduation, so I was about to be ordained. Okay. But with that thought, I, even though I was confirmed to be ordained, but I rejected. Okay. So that was a big event in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so you kind of switched gener- or denominations then because you are going to be ordained now, correct? Now? Yes. Now I'm in the process. In the process of it, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So tell me more. You're in prison ministry. How did how did you kind of land there? And what has that experience been like? I know you touched on that in your chapel as well mm-hmm. this morning. But yeah, so in the middle of my study, I became exhausted because, you know, staying too long on desks and writings and readings, it kind of exhaustive, even with some liberal atmosphere, which I cannot easily agree under the supervision of some teachers like that. So I became really exhausted and burnt out. And then I had to find whatever refreshing ways. Then one of my church members named Truman, he's been doing jail ministry for a long time, and he led me to jail. And we do we did some Bible study together in the jail. That was very impressive experience, the, all those iron doors and tattoo guys. Then I heard that the jail needed some choir they desired. And I am a singing person. I told you my wife tells me that your voice is not good, <laughs> only loud. Uh, but I wanted to make some noise in the jail. So I started choir and I served there about three years, two and a half years. 
that experience with inmates in the choir named Second Chance. Mm. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. So you're there now. You just kind of you minister with them, connect with them, and that's a big part of what you do day to day. Yes. So that was volunteering job, and okay. that became the basis of my being hired in jail ministry. And there is a place named Work Release, and it's the I mean reentry facility from the jail, and people can can come to Work Release. They must stay there, but they can go out for working. Okay. So they have. Have freedom. Okay. So it's kind of more complicated than the jail. So I work in the work areas, offering them some services, helping them getting their licenses, or mm-hmm. sometimes commuting or counseling when they are depressed, connecting their family members, or sometimes close, mm-hmm. or sometimes, actually, two days before, I have. Well, some time with the resident of the work village, about three hours, I brought him to bookstore. Mm. So he loved art and all those beads working. So he could explore the books together and eating together. Sometimes they really needed those kind of things. So as a chaplain, I do those kind of things. And now we are about to do Bible, Bible study every Wednesday. So and also planning some guitar lesson if possible. So we are planning many things yeah. in the work village. That's in awesome. Ocean. Yeah. Very cool. So what, what's kind of one of the main lessons you've learned or what, have, yeah, what has the prison system kind of taught you about either in faith or in life? Is there any big uh, perspective that you gained there? I just finished my conversation with Jewel that um, her experience with some Korean missionaries in Tibet. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting because Koreans are, ta- they were taught about too much high pressure evangelism, which could mean heaven or hell. Now decide, mm-hmm. repent mm-hmm. or hell. Very high pressure, right? Right. But what we need to do in the jail, we in our STEM meeting, we call it low pressure evangelism. Mm-hmm. Without listening, without understanding their pain, their addiction, mm-hmm. their broken life, it's almost impossible to share the gospel. They never listen. So once we listen. Understanding, showing our sympathy with them. Then they ask about how to pray, what they can be benefited by Jesus, something like that. So to summarize what I do in the jail is involving people who are broken seriously. Mm. But you know what? Many are addicts, but as long as they are sober, they are wonderful guys. One testimony I share, I need to share. I forgot to share in my preaching, okay, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I was waiting for my visa after graduation. Okay. It was under Trump regime. It was supposed to come after three months, the visa, right? Mm-hmm. After students. It didn't come. So my wife and I became a bit kind of anxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Trump thing. We cannot receive that. So we were preparing to go back to South Korea. One day in the jail, it was book club with, with my boss, Corey, and I about... 12 or 15 guys, we we're doing book club there. And Corey just all of a sudden, someone is waiting for his visa, it's not coming, and, and please remember him. And one inmate there who was in my choir, he sh- all of a sudden he encouraged people, guys, we know Sungbin, and we know Worky Liz, and the Worky needs chaplain. Let us pray for him now. <laughs> so all of a sudden, they started to pray for me. Lord, give the visa for Sungbin. Let him work at the work as chaplain. And they all prayed together for me. It was a humbling moment. Believe it or not, my visa came that night. Wow. That's so I'm awesome. indebted to them. Yeah. Yes. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yes. And it's cool because that's a lot of what you've been doing for them is spending time praying yeah, with, with the them. Choir. And, yeah, with the choir. Yes, yes. And so it's cool that now you're reaping essentially from the work you put into them. And Feeling stuff. indebted. Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. That's really cool. I'm sure many people are grateful for you to <laughs> still be here and that that, yeah. that worked out there. Mm -hmm. mm, that's really cool. What uh, Matt, your good friends with Matt Cordella on Trigger, who, who's yes, a professor here. Yep. He mentioned that I should ask you about your process of forgiveness or kind of understanding. I think he said forgiveness of the Japanese culture people. Ah, Is that a, a hole we that. want to go down or? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can briefly introduce that. Yeah. That's also in my, thankfully, yeah, I think God's providence that I could share about the Peace Forum okay. this morning, right? Mm -hmm. At Nagasaki, I joined, right? Um in that forum, somehow, a little bit mistakenly, <laughs> I shared about my previous kind of disposition that um, still politically and government-wise, Korean go South Korean government and Japanese government is a bit at odds. They're not good. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever I see some Japanese politicians who are lying, I became upset, right? So I shared that if I were not Christian, I'd become sniper killing them mm. if I were not Christian, mm -hmm. right? And that comment went to a congregation in Japan, a Christian, elderly Christian responded to that. And mm. he emailed me, one Japanese Christian, right? Elderly person. He wrote me like that, Songbin, I understand your heart. And if you'd be a sniper killing Japanese politicians or Japanese people, I want to be your first target. Hmm. Wow. So my intention was not that. <laughs> was not asking anyone who would be volunteering for my target. No, hmm. but I wanted to express my anger about lying politicians, including Koreans one, Korean mm -hmm. ones, right? But he understanding the past, the history, the all the painful atrocities done in Korean Peninsula. He just volunteered, I want to be your first target. Hmm. So I had to write long email to him about my intention. Because as a preacher, I preach it about, you know, Good Samaritan, mm -hmm. right? And I preach it to my kids that pastor passed by, an elder passed by, you know what? One good Japanese person yeah, yeah helped that, help, help that person. So I have no issue about kind of accepting good Japanese Christians and people, yeah. right? Uh, but I would accept your your humbleness mm -hmm. and your sharing the pain of me. So that he's volunteering to be my first target. Uh, that gave me even better confidence and understanding and love to Japanese people. Mm -hmm. And now I have a friend who is Brother in Christ person, representative in Japan. Actually, last week, we shared the same hotel room. And he's also a bit unusual Japanese person. Whenever we meet, about I met him about three times. Whenever, whenever we meet, he first initiated, initiates that, Songbin, I need to apologize about what our people did. You cannot, you, you don't do it no more. <laughs> you are not allowed to, you did it enough. Please stop. We need to go further than that. And no more apology, something mm. like that. So meeting those very humble, humble and conscientious Japanese Christians, giving me much deeper sense of what is Christian um, fellowship, 
being brothers and sisters in Christ, be going beyond our nationality, our ethnicity, or our, even our politics. Mm -hmm. We can love each other in the love of in the love of Christ on the cross, something like mm -hmm. that. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Has that like like those lessons? Have you seen that kind of carry over into your work in the prison ministry of just uh, the concept of forgiveness, which I guess maybe they haven't directly harmed you, so to say, um, but just your understanding of what it looks like to forgive people who do. Um, yeah, that kind of um, that engagement or conversation with a Japanese person who volunteered for to be my target mm -hmm. and also my Japanese friend about those kind of forgiveness in Christ. And what it helps me in my jail ministry is that as I shared in, in the morning, one of the main enemies in jail ministry is recidivism. Mm -hmm. That's deadly painful. I mean, you can see one person in the jail sharing beautiful testimony and 30 minutes later being high. Mm. We don't surprise. And, and that kind of brokenness, um, rather than being successful, successful, helping people escape or being free from being totally free from those addiction rather than that, what I learned is that accepting as they are. Mm -hmm. One case, one real success story from Bobby his parents was addicts and he saw his mom passed away by overdose. Mm. He's lived broken life, but chaplains kept helping him relapse, helping him relapse, helping him relapse. Finally, he's been doing wonderful job and he shared his overcoming and he shared, guys, I'm saved. Mm -hmm. So we try to walk with them rather than changing them. Yeah. That's very important with us. Absolutely. Accepting as they are, just like God accepts as we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we can all relate to that in our daily life. Like we may not all be working with prisoners, but it's like everyone around us has things they've done wrong that have hurt us. And it's like we can live in forgiveness and just accept people. Mm. As yeah, we... I wouldn't underestimate what they did. Uh-huh. Their right. crime, their right. sin. I wouldn't under, right. under underestimate that or undermine that, underestimate that. But mm. even still, yeah. even, even still, yeah. Right. Forgiveness doesn't erase the things you do wrong necessarily, and like just ignore it necessarily. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it, need to be. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing kind of those those stories and how they relate. Um, is there anything you would? So we're at college here. So is there anything you would kind of say? I don't know, what advice would you give to young adults who are just kind of navigating, learning to navigate the world? Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for asking that because I was tempted to share one thing oh. in, my, in my sharing in the morning, but I couldn't because I wasn't so nervous. I forget so many things. But driving here four hours in the morning, I got up about 4 a.m. today oh from my car. I drove four hours. It was worth it. I never expect this kind of cool thing. Yeah. Uh, this podcast, my first time in my life. Hey, there you go. Thank you, Erica. Yeah, put that on your bio now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, there are so many things, but I want to encourage you guys, financial stability. Mm. As a Christian, I've been feeling guilty about hoarding or saving too much money for myself. Somehow guilty. But now I'm 45 <laughs> and raising my boy, my, my, my wife, and I'm thinking of a doctorate degree as well at this point. Thankfully, I have no debt. That's cruel part, but, but I just want to encourage 
not financial abundance mm -hmm. or being rich. I wouldn't. But guys, it's interesting. It's Korean society. Many Korean young adults, their primary focus or, or, or goal has become financial stability. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Doing YouTube or stock market or doing business. Mm -hmm. Young Korean adults, their primary goal, financial stability. And it's, I mean, could be a bit negative, right? But at the same time, not a few young people have been exploited by previous generation. Somehow, not all. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage you be wise in your financial mm -hmm. for your following Christ that you may share and you may pursue your dream, mm -hmm. your ministry. Right. Loving money is sin, not money itself. Right. So I want to encourage your financial stability wisely and humbly in Christ. Yeah, it's a bit weird that, that I say about financial stability, but I would say that for young adults in our time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, that's a really good word because I, I think as Christians, we can sometimes be like, oh, no, it's bad to have money. But it's like, no, it's it's what you do with it or how much it controls your life even. Yes. Um, and like good a, management. Mm -hmm. Yes, right? that Not is a good word. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that is, I mean, I think even in American culture, like that is a big thing that young adults know going, stepping out into on their own, just like, hey, how do I take? How do I provide for myself? And so it, it is that balance of like yeah, those huge consumerism, yeah, and materialism, and mm -hmm. you see all the time of promotion, YouTube, and we use money without management. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to manage well, right, for your ministry mm -hmm. or your allegiance for Christ. You need to manage well, yeah, and financial stability mm -hmm. is needed. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we're gonna wrap up. So thank you for taking the extra time to thank kind of you, sit Rika. down with us. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us again.